0: Amen. Amen. Let us go back to Mark chapter 16. And earlier I read that from the easy read version. Now I'm going to read it from the uh, King James. or For King James, my King James. Uh, beginning in verse 14. Uh, it says, afterward, he appeared to the eleven as they replied. And he reproached their unbelief. And their hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to all of all creation. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And miraculous signs will follow those believing these things. Now, this, those believing in this, these things, this is referring to, the 11 and he says and in my name will they the 11 cast out demons and they will speak new tongues that is the 11 and they will take up servants the 11 and they will drink any deadly thing I mean and if they drink any deadly thing that is the 11 it will not hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will be well they then indeed after speaking to them the 11 The Lord was taken up up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And going out, they proclaimed everywhere the Lord working with them, that is the eleven, and confirming the word by miraculous signs, that is through the eleven signs. Following, Amen. Now it is important to understand who the they of them is, being the eleven, because there are many who teach and preach that uh, they teach and preach that uh, there are those who any these. Miracles and these signs are are for anyone who simply believes in in God. And so you have a whole group down there in Tennessee called snake handlers who they handle snakes and they've been bitten and some of them even died from these venomous bites because of the misapplication of scripture. So when it's speaking here, it's talking about the 11, that is the apostles and the special job that God was sending them out to do. And how he would let signs accompany them, so that people would indeed know that they were from God. Now, what I want us to focus on is uh, when Jesus said, "He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved." I want us to look at this word "saved," which 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 uh, uh, is short for salvation. And I want us to take a moment to. to a lot of times we talk about being saved, and we talk about I'm saved, you're saved, we're saved, but what are we saved from it? What does salvation mean? What exactly is at the core of that? What is the purpose of that? And all of our young people, all of us, period, should know what it means, uh, what this word salvation means, and what the Bible means when it teaches salvation. So uh, what I want us to do, and we'll look at this word salvation, we're taking notes, write down salvation as we talk about what it means to be set free, To be accepted, to be vindicated, to be extricated, and then divinely directed. Salvation, uh, in and of itself, to be saved is the opposite, if you will, of being lost. Now, what does it mean to be lost? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. Now, again, salvation. If you're going to explain to somebody what salvation is, You have to start by saying the salvation is the opposite of being lost. Now, And it says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 to 27, Jesus got into the boat. His disciples followed him. Behold, there arose a great storm in the sea. The boat was covered with waves, but Jesus himself was asleep. The disciples awoke him saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. In this context... The apostles were asking Jesus to save them from certain, in their minds, death. Now, remember, in Mark, he said he had already uh, 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 criticized them or, 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 in a sense, uh, reminded them or even corrected them or rebuked them for their lack of faith. So then what we see here in Scripture, it says that they were in this boat, a great storm in the sea. And oftentimes when we read Scripture, great storms, they represent very challenging situations in life. See, when we're out on the sea and the sea is placid, but then sometimes, remember how we talked about the water gets stirred and trouble comes about when those great storms come about. And this is what happened because the boat represents, the boat represents, if you will, your soul. It represents your soul. and, And if Jesus is on the boat, then you have all that you need to be saved from everything or anything that will come your direction. That is, if you believe That is, trust in who Jesus is. Then you have to ask the question, is Jesus in my boat? Is he in my soul? Have I asked him to come in? Because if he's not in my soul, if he's not in my boat, then when the storm comes, I'm going to be at mercy of the storm. And when the storms of life come, and they do come unexpectedly, and they come raging, What's going to pop up in your mind as a human or as a carnal being, you're going to think about your life being lost. So when we talk about it in this context, Master, save us, for surely we are perishing. To be lost means to, to perish, to be to, be, to, to die, to no longer exist. And those in that time, and they understood that because they, they fished for their food and they hunted for their food and at any given time, they could be killed by a bear, by a storm. And when they made it home, they knew what it meant to come home safe. So they were saying, Master, keep us safe from the storm. And it really doesn't matter what the storm is. If Jesus is the captain of your life and of that hope, then you will, you will, you will be saved. I'm saying this to the people who, who, who we have, we have many Christians who have many anxiety issues and control issues. And when the storm comes, it throws them off because they couldn't control the timing of the storm. They couldn't control the veracity of the storm. They couldn't control the difficulty of the storm. And then they get caught up paying too much attention to the storm. And before you know it, they lose all control and all common sense and all everything. And when I say common sense, what do you mean, Brother
1: Johnson?
0: I mean that they were on the boat. And Jesus was taken in there. Now, you might want to study that sometime. How could Jesus be on a boat in the middle of a storm taking a nap? Well, for one reason, he was tired. (laughs) Because Jesus was 100% human and 100% divine. So that means he got tired just like you and I. And it also means he got tired of the same things that you and I get tired of. Yet, he didn't give in. You know how most of us get when we get tired of fatigue? The first thing we give up is sleep. We give up sleep, we toss, we turn, we're stressed, we're tight, we don't get rest. See, and when you're doing that, you're already going against the example of Jesus. We're supposed to follow Jesus' example. And Jesus said, Jesus could be at rest. You know why? Because he was God in the flesh. How can the maker of the storm fear the storm? How can the one who allowed the storm fear the storm? And you know what? Even when we create some storms, and we do create, yes, them, we do. <laughs> Jesus still has the power to bring peace to even those, and it's a peace that surpasses all the understanding. Philippians seven four says. Then the Bible says in in Luke chapter 15, verses 3 through 7, a man will go looking for a sheep which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he uh, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Now, if you know anything about a sheep, sheep have no natural defenses. They don't have sharp teeth, they don't have sharp claws, they're not fast, they're not cunning, they're not, they don't have great eyesight, nothing. So if they get lost by themselves without protection, they are surely going to die. Whereas saved means to live, being lost means to die. means for the soul to die. Right now, now the soul, now what I mean by that is, now the soul will live on forever, but depending on how you live, the soul can live experiencing eternal life, or it'll live on experiencing death over and over, the tortures of death over and over again, yet it will never die. Right? And then, and then in John 3, verse 16, the Bible says, and God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, that is, trusted him, adheres to him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. So if you see that in context, it means the one who's going to trust him, be with him, walk with him, allow him to dwell and abide in him, this one will never perish. Yes, they may die a physical death, but their soul will live on in comfort, in his bosom, close with him for eternity. But so, so, when you explain salvation, you got to make sure a person knows what it means to be lost. And they have to understand that God is the source of everlasting life. And the thing that severs us from everlasting life is sin. Isaiah tells us that. Sin will separate you. If you're separated from your life source, you're dead. But then in talking about salvation... People might ask, when you talk about being saved and all the, well, what exactly am I being saved from? What do I need to be saved from? And if I ask you, many people say, well, from my sins. Some would say from, from hell. Some would say from the consequences of my sins. Well, Bible tells us that the thing that I'm trying to not to be saved from is the wrath of God. Try and get for me Romans 11 verse 22. And time me for differently, Romans 5, verses 8 through 9. God, God is trying to save people from his wrath. Because yes, he is loving, yes, he's compassionate, yes, he's merciful, but he has the side that demands justice. And justice must be served, right? So the Bible says in Romans, chapter 11, verse 22, read what it says, uh, Cheyenne. Behold, therefore, the goodness and Now you need to underline those. The goodness and the severity. Those are two sides of God's nature. He's good, but there's also some severity in him. He He is the very nature, the very definition of what is good. But guess what? He's also the very definition of what is severe. But is harsh, and when it's harsh, it means toward that which rebels against his loving call. Right? Behold the goodness and severity of God. Go ahead,
2: read. On them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness. If thou continue in the goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. You see that? And look
0: at what it says there. And if you will, if you will, uh, sign back up to about verse uh 20 for me. And, and while you're going back to verse 20, now that loss is also cut off, right? And in this scripture, it says here, those who fell, meaning fell away, they get severity, they get the severe side of God. But he said, but but to you, if you conditional, right? Back up to verse 20, read well,
2: because. Unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be Mm -hmm. not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest He also spare not thee. Now you see what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about
0: that argument that's taking place there at the Roman church, right? Mm -hmm. In in, in the church there at Rome, between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians, and they're both arguing about who is better. But he says, I understand this. God would not spare the natural branches. When he's saying that, he was, he was referring to the Jews. They were his people. Uh, they were his chosen people, but they chose to fall away. Even those Jews who chose to become Christians, uh, they, because of natural birth, they were born Jews, born God's people, but that doesn't entitle them to anything greater than the Gentiles. So just like, so if, if, if the natural branches will be severed, what of those who are grafted in? Or, or, or those, and when we talk about grafted, that's you and me. Because we weren't born Jews. Or me and you, or you uh, and anyway, I. Anyway, let to get that grammar <laughs> tight. Um, so the thing is, so, so, the thing is uh, uh, so we just came in. So if he won't spare the natural, then he's most certainly not going to spare. He's most certainly not going to spare those who are just been grafted in. So behold, those who fell away, but when they fell away, they fell away because of doubt. They fell away because of stubbornness. In Mark 16, Jesus was rebuking them because of what? Their doubt. He's telling you, if you let doubt stay in your life, if you don't do anything with the doubt that you have, The doubt that you have for the power of God, that doubt will grow. It will sever you from the Lord. It'll sever you from the power. It'll sever you from your hope. It'll sever you from the strength that you have to stand if you allow doubt to remain in your mind. See, when you stop listening to God, you're going to start listening to Satan. You ever wonder how you get in some crazy situations? You're like, now, how did this happen? And how did I get this far off into this? Because I know good and well this was crazy. Mm. <laughs> how did I get all the way off into this? <laughs> because you stop listening to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because the Lord is always warning. Don't you know that even in the midst of the storm, the captain still keeps shouting, for those who need be saved. Because so you gotta understand back in the day that, that sometimes during a storm, during a storm, people will fall overboard. People might not, you might not even know because the captain is here and everybody's working on the boat. Notice that everybody's working on the boat, everybody's working on the boat, and sometimes people will fall. Huh? And the captain knows this. So when this happens, he starts shouting for those who are in the water. That one needs to be saved. That one needs to be saved. We're throwing out a line. We're throwing out the line. Come to the line so you can be saved. Amen. Even in the midst of the storm, the captain, the pilot, is still shouting, wanting everybody in that old boat to be saved. Amen. But sometimes we're so busy splashed. Y'all saw it? Didn't y'all see it on the news? I, you, you shouldn't want to live in a world. You shouldn't want to live in a world where people will stand there and watch a man drive. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live in a world like that. Mm -hmm. I'd rather go on home. You stand there as those young folks stood there, 14, 15, 16 years old, and they mocked the man while he was driving. It didn't matter how he got in the water. The fact was, he needed somebody to save him. Huh? What are they saying on the table? Oh, you shouldn't have got in there. You shouldn't have got in there. Ain't nobody finna save you. Ain't nobody finna do nothing for you. You stupid. You shouldn't have got in there. Don't you understand? While they were saying what they were saying, they were drowning too. They were drowning, because you know what? As soon as they pulled them in, the first excuse they used, we were high. We were high. We're not even on them, but they were high. So they were drowning in their own self-medication. Drowning in their own self-medication from their own pain and agony. Cause you got to be in pain. you got to be the head, your heart, for your heart to be that cold. Mm. And there's only one who can make your heart that cold. That's Satan.
1: Mm.
0: You understand that? When you're not with God, you would say, than what is already in them, which is the Holy Spirit. If they'll just listen. If I'll just listen. If we'll just listen. Huh? There's no better salve for for sore wounds than the salvation that comes only from God. Does that make sense to anybody? They were drowning. He was drowning. But they let him die. Now listen here. Christian, when you have the truth, when you've got the word, and you stand there and don't share the word with those who you know need to hear the word, you're just as guilty as old boys. Because you're standing there watching them drown, die, and you got the life out of Huh? Can you think of somebody who you might have let drown, or you're letting them drown right now? For your own selfish gain? to throw out that lifeline see because see it's very important that we throw out that lifeline, pull them in to save them, so they can come to understand what we're studying this morning, salvation save from imminent death, from being lost even from destruction, listen listen. you can even save them you can even save them um, and go back there to Romans eleven twenty-two. you can even save them from some calamity in their lives did you know that? See, see, the thing is, see, uh, uh, you might know some people, you know some people who are going through some stuff and, and, or they're trying to make some decisions. Young folks, y'all know that. Y'all got the people who are on social media and they send you, they said, I'm about to do this, I'm about to run here, I'm going to be with my, 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 my girlfriend, my boyfriend, we're going to do this and do that and do the third, right? And you're saying to them, listen, don't, 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 don't do that. Please don't do that. And they say, oh, you a hater, you a this, you a that, need two shoes, all these kind of things. No, it's not that. It's just that you learn better. And when you learn better, Mm. you ought, notice what I said, ought to do better. Mm. Hmm? There are some things that you'll go through in your life that you really don't have to go through. There are some challenges that's going to come uh, uh, that that are tailor-made just for you, but there's some other things that you don't have to go through if you just let God save you. Because it's not about God just saving your soul. It's about him saving your innocence you know what I mean the world is trying to make our young people grow up too fast saving your innocence huh Save, saving you saving you from unnecessary stress do you see how many people you notice how many people are committing suicide these days I mean they've always been committing suicide but more and more and you know some of the highest rates of suicide, are in places where there are less churches. Seattle, Oregon, then over there on the East Coast. Huh? Because the message isn't going out. It's not being represented. People are committing suicide by, 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 because they don't have hope. Don't you know you're committing suicide when you go out or go around somebody who you know they're not about the right thing? Huh? 1 Corinthians 15 33 tells you that evil communication corrupts good morals, right? So you find yourself running around with somebody and you think that's your friend, but when trouble comes, you'll be left holding back. Not if you let the Lord save you. Because it says there in uh, Romans 11 22, he says, he says, For you, there could be goodness if what?
2: That-
0: if you continue in His goodness, otherwise you too will be cut off. Ask yourself the question: Do you want to be cut off? And notice, when you're cut off, it's not that God is cutting you off; it's you cutting you off. But if you continue, then goodness for you, right? Then the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, 8, 9, What's it say, time If you want to read for me, yes, sir. See, that's love that even while you were being rebellious, even while I was being rebellious, even while I was rejecting everything he was trying to do for me, he still sent a way for me to be saved from myself. He sent a way for me to be saved from myself. But for, for myself and, because myself, well, see, there's a way to see right to a man, right, within thereof is death, the wrath of God. I would rather think about it when Jesus comes and he is coming. How do you want to see his face? Do you want to see his face in peace? Or do you want to see his face in wrath? Because it says when he returns, he'll be repay all those of fire who did not obey his gospel. All those who would not let him save them, they'll be repaid by being lost. Right? So then when we're talking about salvation, then we want to say, well then, then okay, if God is trying to save people, then just how many will be saved? Uh, how many people will get to experience uh, this, this salvation? The Bible tells us in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him uh, should not perish but have everlasting life. They say, I get the scripture, but it doesn't, tell me, it doesn't tell me how many are going to be saved. Well, here's the number. The number is right here. Underline whoever. Amen. Whoever. Whoever, no matter where they came from, no matter what they do, who they know, whoever chooses to trust and obey Jesus, they'll be saved. Right? Then the Bible tells us in Luke chapter, uh, I'm sorry, 1 John, chapter uh, 2, verse 1 and 2. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. How many will be saved? Whoever. How many? Will, how many can be saved? The whole world. Do you see that? Huh? So you don't get caught up in those arguments about. Oh, your church of Christ people always talk about just certain people, just certain people. Listen, the Bible says, "Whoever." Now, are you one of the whoever? The Bible says He wants to save the whole world. Are you in the world? Have you chosen to be saved? Because he's going to save whoever wants to be saved. Right? And then and then, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness. But is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Notice there again. So we have, and now if you take your notes there, how many can be saved? Whoever. Right? Then the whole world. And then all. That repent. All that turn away from sin. Whoever turns away from sin out of the whole world who no longer wants to dwell in sin. Whoever turns, repents from sin. They can be saved. This is what salvation is about. I'm trying to show you how to let the Bible teach. How to let the Bible teach. Huh? See, see, so when you sit down with people and you get to studying with them and you want to show them, you know, when you sit down and, and talk to people, uh, Marlene, this is how you do it. And Marlene will tell me, I'm sitting there studying with people, I'm trying to figure out a way to make them be saved. Marlene, you can't make them be saved. <laughs> <laughs> but I really want them to. I know. But you can't make them be saved. Huh? Uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can bring a person to school into the library, but you can't make them think. You have to understand that. So no matter how much you want them to, they have to want to. And the way they can make that choice is by you showing them and getting them to understand what it means to be lost. And to be lost is to be cut off from God. Not just cut off from God now, but for all of eternity. And if you, and if they it, it, will you mean. All you gotta do is take them over there. Show them about the rich man Lazarus. Lazarus was, I mean, the rich man was suffering from being cut off from God. Right? So they say, okay, okay, then how many can be saved? Well then, okay. So you told me what salvation is. And you told me how many people, how many, how many people uh, can be saved. Okay, I got a question for you, preacher. I got a question for you, Christian. Then, then how many ways are there to be saved? Huh? Now I hear you say one all this all the time, but 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 that's just you. Where does the Bible say this? Well, if we go if you'll turn with me over to Acts chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says, There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must. And you have to underline that, in which we must be saved. So you see in this in this scripture here, salvation is in no one else. All right? Then we figure, well, who is this one? Who is this one that talk about? For there is no other name under heaven given among men. Who is this? Who is this? Right? So if, if back up to about verse 10 for me and Acts 4, and, and read on down for me, Shayan, uh, come
2: on. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ. There's your name. By the name
0: of Jesus Christ. Underline that. Come on, read.
2: By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Mm -hmm. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. See that? Y'all see that? <coughs> see that?
0: When you got a man. See, this man who has been healed, this represents, see this represents in your life some areas that have been torn down. This represents some areas in your life that have been destroyed. Some areas that Satan has come in and he has made a complete and total mess. But by, now notice what he said, the name Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right? So, well, because Jesus was a very common name. And when they said that, they didn't say Jesus. They didn't call him Jesus when he walked around. Actually, they called him Heshua or Joshua, because there's no J in in that. So they they called him Joshua, actually. And and the thing is, there were many Heshuas walking around. But see, this was not the the Heshua. From Rome. Uh, not, 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 the, not the Heshua from Bethsaida. Not the Hes- not None of those. Only one. Heshua huh? of Nazareth. And when this is by the name, this is by the authority. You can only receive uh, salvation by the authority which comes through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he said, You see this man standing here? This man is evidence of the fact of the power of God. See, when God has brought you through some things and he has has, restored you in some areas and fixed some things in your life, you can stand there and say, God did this. And and guess what, Cheyenne? When you start talking about Jesus too much, they're going to call you ignorant.
1: They're
0: going to call you unlearned. But that's all right because you know from which You've been saved, and you know it, who fixed some things in your life. Huh? Giant, so, you know, just like I know, at one point, I wasn't even thinking about school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wasn't thinking about college. Then, you know, maybe, I, you know, so I, I'll, I'll be a salesman. What you going to sell? I can sell anything. Mm. See? Yeah, I can sell anything. Mm. But the thing is, but, but it, it don't hurt now to get some. Some, some training. Mm. Hmm? Use your mind, use the time, let God work with you.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Hmm? I remember Sister Humphrey said, well, he, he, don't, want, he don't want no want a school. Mm. I said, Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let, let, me, let me, Let me talk to him for a while. When we get down in Tennessee, let us let us talk for a little while. Mm. When we got down in Tennessee, I, he went in there and said, now I'm gonna walk for a little while walk through all the colleges talk to the people who I knew and I said I'm going to send somebody to see you. make sure that you talk to them young man he'll come to you with an open mind he'll come to you with an open heart and I want you to show them please show them the advantages that lie in, in making a choice to embrace Christian education or education to not fall through the cracks Uh, Because guess what, and I'm not saying college is for everybody, but what I am saying is, you need to be doing something productive all the time. Because if you're not productive, you'll be the opposite. Unproductive, and Satan loves those who are unproductive Mm -hmm. because Satan can always find something for you to do to Mm -hmm. your destruction. Mm -hmm. Huh? And thank God, uh uh Shia was willing to hear, willing to listen. And before we even pulled out of Tennessee, they pretty much said, I'm going to over you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going. Mm-hmm. Right? But then we went down to saw and the deal with mm-hmm. C. So the thing is, God did that. See, so then you can say, and Sister Humphreys, you can say, like what you said to us on Wednesday, you said something about bitterness, right? But then you can see, you sit and look. And what God changed and resurrected in your life? Bitterness holds on to the things that were or could have been but weren't. Mm-hmm. But you've got to redirect your focus to those things that couldn't be but all. Mm-hmm. Because God did. He took your son and made it better. Mm-hmm. And, and if you'll and if, and if continue in God's goodness, he'll get better. Amen. If he continues, yes. Because the ball is in your court now, son. Mm-hmm. You have to choose to continue if that makes sense to anybody. Mm-hmm. See, once God comes and saves you, when you come out this water, you have to choose to continue in his goodness. You have to do that. You have to choose to keep listening to his voice and keep letting him lead you away from trouble, keep you out of bad situations and away from folk who you don't have a business being with and, and having come, you don't need have a business having. And I'm talking to adults too. Oh, Amen. That's why he got on the apostles uh, the, the, the for being stubborn. And you know somebody who's stubborn. Stubborn folk got an answer for everything,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: they always got an answer. Do more talking mm-hmm. than they do listening, mm-hmm. do more arguing than they do accuessing. Mm-hmm. Oh, at that means you're going to submit. Always got something to say. Anybody know anybody like that? Forever. On everything. And I just listen sometimes. Huh? Guess what? When a person is wrong, God is going to make sure that they know that they're wrong. You don't always have to jump out there and make sure. Huh? Let, 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 let God have some room. Huh? Stop being so stubborn. Just listen. Hold on a minute and listen. And let him lead you. Huh? Who, who in here doesn't need some leading? Huh? Stubborn folk know everything. Let me tell you how you know when you know it all. You'll you know it all when you get defensive. When somebody starts to ask a question. Or remind me ask of something you just said and you start to question, you ask your body. You know, start getting tight. Well, what are you doing? I'm just trying to make sure I understand. Start getting tight. Hmm? is admit sometimes you just don't know. It's okay not to know. It's okay not to know and then you can find out. Huh? Uh, don't, don't say something knowing that you don't know for sure and then when somebody asks you about it, then you fuss out. You know you didn't know for sure in the first place. Huh? So don't be so stubborn. Listen. And then the scripture says in uh, John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And then in Matthew 1, verse 21, Jesus, his word, that name, Joshua or Heshawar, you know what his name means? It means Savior. He's the only Savior. And then now, now now, then you say, okay, I see this salvation, but now what do I, what do I contribute to salvation? Do I have any part in my own salvation? Right? Well, let me tell you. The uh, Bible tells you in Matthew 7, 24 to 27, what do I have to do for this? Now some will tell you that you don't have to do anything for salvation. Actually, what you need is faithful obedience. Bible says in Matthew 7, 24-27, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Him is Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, so then my beloved, just as you have always obeyed not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your soul's salvation with fear and trembling. Again, not that you can gain your way or get enough merits to uh, earn heaven. But see, these, this faithful obedience is a result of Jesus working in your life. And letting the world know that he's working in your life. And that he can work in their life too. Right? And, and, and then we see, then, 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 okay, Then, if I, if I accept this. I mean, I see salvation. I see who, I see how many, I see the way. And it really seems too hard to believe. It seems too good to believe. What made this possible? Well, the answer is Jesus' sacrifice. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 14 to 26, the Bible says, The blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, he, he, he has appeared once for all at the end of all the ages at the end of the ages excuse me to put away sin by sacrifice of himself Jesus made it possible now what do I do to get to salvation you just take six steps six steps will get you to the salvation and that is to hear the gospel Romans 10. Romans 10, verses 11 through 17. That is to have faith in Christ. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. Romans 8, verse 34. It is also to confess faith in Christ. Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. Confess faith, that is trust in Christ, and not just in word. But it's also to repent of sin. That is to change your heart. Romans chapter 2, verses 4 through 5 Romans chapter 6, verse 12. And then, and then, as we read in Mark chapter 16, you have to be baptized into Christ. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4, baptized into his death, where you meet the blood. Romans 8, verse 1. And one of the, the most important part. not that one is better than the other, but see, this, this last step Goes right back to because you can't be saved by one of these by themselves. You have to leave them all. But so you can't leave off number six. Number six is very really, really important because that's the part that, that 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 talks about continuing in His goodness, huh? Because it, it, it says in Romans chapter twelve verses one and two, uh, uh, and in chapter eleven verse twelve, you have to continue in His way. Continuing in His way is continuing to be transformed rather than convert. That's salvation. And he's throwing out the lifeline. And he wants to save all who are willing to be saved. Do you want to be? Do you want to be set free? Do you want to be accepted? Do you want to be victorious? Do you want to be extricated? Do you want to be divinely directed? If you do, then let the Lord do it. He'll cleanse all your sins away. Every sins you've committed up to this point, God, unlike us, see, God won't do us (coughs) like we or the people of the world are about to do OJ. Mm? Mm -hmm. To some people, OJ will always be guilty. Mm -hmm. Even though he was found innocent, in their opinion and in their feelings, he'll always be guilty. He'll always be a murderous thug no matter what he tries to do in life. I'm so glad that I don't have to please me. Because God says no matter what you've done, when you come to me, I'll forget what you've done. As Brother Smith says, I'll put it as far as the east is from the west. And I'll remember it no more. I'll give you a new name. I'll give you a new direction. I'll give you a new hope. that'll go with you wherever you go. I don't want to follow men because men will keep you stapled down and pressed down as long as they can. Mm -hmm. Because Satan working in there keep calling you a sinner, keep calling you a liar, keep calling you all those kind of things when God simply calls you a saint, His child. Now if you want to truly be forgiven, don't, 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 don't think that God's going to, because God, he's too forgiving. He'll forget. He'll forget these things and give you a new chance. You we'll start all over. And Christians, we shouldn't be sitting around, not just OJ, but anybody. We should be sitting around saying, it doesn't it tell me that God can forgive them? <coughs> Who am I, Who am I? <coughs> to keep on judging? unrighteousness. Don't, it do not matter what you think or what you feel. The fact is, the man was set free. And there are many who have been set free from their past. So if you want to be set free from your past, you want even some present things you have going on, then come on to the Lord. Let him wash all those sins away. Let him clean your conscience and help you to deal with what's coming next in life. Because there's something coming next. But he'll prepare you. He'll get you ready. He'll give you the strength, the courage, He'll teach you how to deal with it. If you are outside the body of Christ, if you haven't been baptized into Christ, not baptized into some grandma church or whoever, if you haven't been baptized into Christ, then you're outside of Christ. And when Christ comes, you'll be lost. You'll be cut off because you're still living in your sins. Come on to Jesus, be baptized for forgiveness of your sins, and be added to his body, which is the church. Christians, if you've been cutting yourself off, not listening, running in, 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 in groups and getting yourself in stuff, you ain't got no business in or you don't have any business in. And those consequences are much more than you can handle, and you know they are. Then repent of that sin. God says he'll send you moments of refreshing from above. He'll wash you with the blood of his dear son and set you back on the right track so you can continue to enjoy salvation anybody wishes to be saved, you have that, that opportunity right now. If you want to repent, ask the church. You should have repented in your prayers. That's church to pray with you. You have that opportunity right now. If you stand up to the Savior's invitation. Please come.